Hello and welcome to the Copenhagen Legal Tech Lab podcast, where we address innovation and the law from three angles, people, technology, and business. My name is Alexandra Anthoff, and today we are at the Law, Innovation, and Vulnerability Conference at the Faculty of Law at the University of Copenhagen, together with Luigi Bruno, a privacy engineer leader and cybersecurity and privacy leader for investments at IKEA Digital. Luigi is a lawyer and a computer scientist, and he is also complementing his uh, compl- completing, not complementing, sorry, completing <laughs> his PhD at McGill University in Canada. So, hi, welcome, Luigi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So, during the conference uh, on law innovation and vulnerability, uh, we have a panel on cybersecurity that is called cybersecurity, deny, deny, deny. And that somehow comes from my previous experiences working predominantly with uh, financial and investment companies that if anything of cyber breach security concern happened, um, yeah, they did not necessarily want to disclose it too much. And yeah. So, so, so that's maybe something that, that my background is in, um, but I do think that, and the, the reason why we brought this topic to the conference is that uh, we believe, and we are very happy that, that you agreed to do this podcast with us, is that cybersecurity should be truly uh, in, um, uh, sh- should be everyone's concern, right? Because of how digitized our world is and how much data is out there, a lot of uh, personal data, a lot of really um, private um, data. We we should be aware. Okay, what are the risks and how do we minimize these risks that something happened to this data? And the purpose of today's ultimately podcast is really to 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 a understand what is cybersecurity and two how and why is cybersecurity relevant for a lawyer. So so Luigi, maybe let's start with the first question. So what is cybersecurity? No, that's a, a million-dollar question. I mean, um, so I last year had the chance of teaching a course called Cybersecurity for Lawyers at McGill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before approaching that course, when I was designing it, I was actually asking myself the question, if I take out my computer science background and my, you know, professional experience, how as a lawyer I would like to hear about cybersecurity. So I think if I take that angle now, maybe for the audience, if there's many uh, lawyers listening to us, that might be uh, useful. And so I think let's start with a definition because as a lawyer, I think it's always important to have a definition that we can hang out there. And so the definition that you can find on books is like, so cybersecurity is basically the protection of the assets of a computer system. Mm -hmm. And so what are these assets, right? The assets are hardware, so think about, for instance, your CPU or your screen or anything that's like tangible. Then you have software, which think about, I don't know, Windows operating system, Mac sure. operating system, anything that's intangible. And then you have data. Now, I'm not going to say data is tangible or intangible. There's a debate out there. Some say it's tangible, some say it's intangible, but that we can talk about it another time. Um, now, having sort of framed this a little bit, I think the next step is to understand a little bit the basic terminology because when we hear about cybersecurity or we read about cybersecurity in non-specialized magazine there's a lot of buzzwords that are thrown around right so we hear about threat vulnerability 
and risk and attacks and hackers and you know cyber warfare and all these things but let's try to sort of like do a little bit of a lexicon or which are the most important terms to just know mm-hmm. and also dispel a couple of myths um so what's um what's a vulnerability right i mean if you think about the word vulnerability like makes you think about something that can be exploited so essentially it's a it's a weakness in the system so it can be a weakness in hardware a weakness in software or a weakness in how you manage your data then we have a threat so a threat is you know something that you know might happen mm-hmm. and so a threat is is basically you know the um the, let's call it the set of circumstances that uh, uh, someone might exploit a vulnerability to cause you harm. Okay, and could you maybe now be a little bit more concrete? What does this mean in in cyber secure world? What is this threat? Yeah, so a threat is usually someone. So think about a malicious actor, mm-hmm. so an attacker that uh, has find out that your password is the name of your dog. And so there you have a vulnerability, which is the weakness of your password. But at the same time, you have a threat. And is that somebody knows what's your password. Okay. And this person might have access to your um, uh, system, to whatever files you have there, right? And so this is now, we see vulnerability on one hand, we see threat, but we also see risk, right? The risk that we can calculate, obviously, is what's the likelihood that someone will actually breach your files because they know the, the name of your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have introduced now three terms, right? Risk, threat, vulnerability. And if you, if, you, if you sort of think about it, how I phrased the attacker, I call it a malicious actor mm-hmm. because a lot of people call them hackers. Yes. But hackers is a neutral term. I mean, hackers can be a bad person, but can be also a good person. Exactly. And, the, you know, and we see, and over the past years, we have seen lots of hackers who had actually very good intentions, right? But I think we will leave this uh, for, the, for, the, for the end of the uh, yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I mean, this is a bit uh, more in, from a practical perspective, right? We have found out threat, vulnerability, risk, attacker, but then how do you sort of shield yourself from all of this? And that's where controls come in place. So if we look back at your example of your dog name password, a control there could be perhaps changing your password every week, having a policy that tells you that you have to change your password every week, or having multi-factor authentication. So a control essentially is like, we can say it's like that set of techniques or procedures or processes that enable one person or one organization to completely remove or reduce vulnerabilities. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's where we stand a little bit, right? Now, I know that people are really concerned about data and data is a big thing. There's laws out there that protect data and we all care about our data. And, um, and so l- let's talk about what data, um, why we need to protect the data in the context of cybersecurity, right? And I think um, the, the, there's a, a very simple uh, acronym to remember and it's CIA. It doesn't have anything to do with the American agency. It just stands for confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Mm-hmm. So if I think about my data, right, I really want my data to be confidential. So to make sure that only those who have a need to know can actually look at my data. That is like, you know, integer in the sense that uh, it, people do not tamper with my data. So that if I want to look at, the, I don't know, for instance, let's say my birth certificate, mm-hmm. the fact that I was born in XYZ location stays throughout my existence, right? And even afterwards, if somebody want to trace my roots. 
And then availability just stands for the fact that if I want to access my data at any given time, that the option to actually access the data at that time stays there. And so, you know, to put this in a regulatory legal context, uh, if we look at the, um, and we will talk about this later, I guess, the uh, laws and regulations, yes. but also policies that are out there for the protection of personal and non-personal data. Everything is concerned with, you know, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is just like, you know, where we sort of stand a little bit in terms of intro to... Okay, yeah. yeah. So so this is, let's say, the cybersecurity. So there are these different elements from vulnerability through availability and, and different kinds of risk analysis and, and how. But now, probably some might ask a question, okay, but how is this relevant for a lawyer, right? So where does a lawyer come in? when we discuss cybersecurity. Yeah, I so a couple of days ago, I was speaking to a friend of mine who um, uh, is, is, a, is a partner at the law firm. Mm -hmm. um, and this law firm was started by somebody who's now in his 70s, over 40 years of experience as a lawyer. And it I was asking him, I was like, so um, how is, you know, this guy, I'm not going to make any names, how is this guy dealing with how the, the profession has changed? And he said to me that he's really struggling because uh, he has to, had to hire people to just work on all aspects of the profession that are now digital, which is essentially anything other than going to court and plead. Yes. And even that can be digital. Yeah. And was digital during COVID. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so, I mean, even before the pandemic, and I'm so glad you introduced the, the, the pandemic, right? Because even before the pandemic, there was a, a wave of digital transformation that was mm -hmm. hitting the legal profession. But that was happening rather slowly. Exactly. And everyone was saying, ah, this is just, you know, another new version of Word document coming in. And everyone is like, ah, but we don't need this and so on. Yeah, but then. Yeah, but then 100%. Yeah. And the pandemic happens and it's like, boom, everything becomes digital night from the day to the, from one day to the other. And obviously what happens is that you just paved the way to vulnerabilities to surface, to threat to happen. And then you also have a lot of risks coming from this and you have a lot of attackers, potentially, you know, malicious people that if before they needed to physically breach the premises of your law firm to get access to your client files yeah. or to eavesdrop on a conversation involving a patent for industrial espionage, now they can just eavesdrop a conversation or steal one of your emails and they can actually, you know, breach your attorney-client privilege. And so here's like just... A little bit of a context of why cybersecurity has become really, really important for mm -hmm. the legal profession. And I think, in general, the fact that the nature of the legal profession itself is so hinged on the preciousness of information makes cybersecurity even more relevant for lawyers, but in general, notaries, judges, the court system, everybody that's involved in the overarching you know, justice system. And that's, a, that's where I think it's really important to keep in mind that cybersecurity, I mean, digitalization of the legal profession is not going to go anywhere. We're not going to go back to pen and paper to submit briefs, right? We're going to stay as it is, and cybersecurity is as important as any other aspect of this. Okay. Now, but to this element, is cybersecurity, because you said that you were teaching a course on cybersecurity mm -hmm. at McGill, and I wonder how this field, which is part of the digitalization is coming into the education of the lawyers because one can say all the examples that you mentioned that someone can steal your email or eardrop on your conversations about patent 
or access different kinds of um, know-how documents in your M&A that is happening parallelly in order to offer better bid or whatever is there. One could say, but yeah, of course, we understand the risk, but this is not lawyer's job. This is a job of, let's say, an IT specialist whose obligation or duty is to protect our data and how we communicate as lawyers. So, 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 where, so when you were teaching the course, in other words, words, where did the law as a lawyer or our legal activities come into cybersecurity? So, I mean, obviously, first of all, there's a big difference between big law firms that they can actually afford to have mm -hmm. IT staff yeah. on payroll and you know single practitioners or freelancers that really have to do everything by themselves uh, and so i think in general education is really relevant because education doesn't differentiate by your revenues but differ like really aims to educate everybody and it's only by sharing knowledge that we actually achieve the aims of cybersecurity, and that mm -hmm. is to have strong protection uh, but but that said right i think one of the main aspect is the fact that when you pass the bar you have obligations vis-a-vis -vis your clients and obligations vis-a-vis -vis the justice system. And so it's your responsibility to satisfy those obligations. And so like one of the question is, so you have to maintain attorney-client privilege, right? But does that mean that if your client data is stole from, stolen from your laptop, are you breaching attorney-client privilege? And so that's like something that needs to be considered because yeah. if that's the case, you know, even if the ethics rule book of your particular jurisdiction doesn't talk about cybersecurity, but just let's talk about, you know, quote unquote, attorney client privilege, then it's up to you to interpret how you actually, Correct. you know, take care of that. And so just, just one, one angle. And then if we look actually at the regulation out there, existing regulation, but also regulation that's sort of springing up, right? I think there's very different context in which cybersecurity becomes relevant vis-a-vis -vis law. So you have obviously the criminal acts that are perpetrated online. So think about, I don't know, um, improper access to computer systems, right? That's criminally liable. And, you know, that's relevant, of course, for criminal lawyers, but also for others. Uh, and then you have the various, the, very, the various regulation that's concerned with the protection of data. I think about, for instance, GDPR. Mm -hmm. The GDPR, it, it, it's obviously concerned with the protection of personal data, uh, but how do you protect personal data? And Article 32 of the GDPR, actually, it's a cybersecurity article because mm -hmm. it states that, I mean, just the title, you know, it's the security of processing activities. And then it tells you that you as an organization have to put in place technical and organizational measures. And it lists some of them, like encryption, pseudonymization, and so forth. And those are clearly, you know, cybersecurity activities. They're not necessarily legal activities. Yes. Um, and, and you also have international law, which is concerned with cybersecurity because it becomes, you know, relevant vis-a-vis -vis warfare. So you yes. have the famous Stalin manual, which mm -hmm. basically tells you, uh, what gives you a definition of what cyber warfare is and actually tells you how that needs to be seen, what are some of the acts that are sanctionable, not sanctionable, and so forth. And so I think, you know, just a, there's a, it, it's multidimensional, the, mm -hmm. the relationship between cybersecurity and the law. And obviously, the role of lawyers, but the role of legal professionals is, again, you know, it's, it's like everywhere in all of this, in the sense that it's just, just like protecting themselves and their clients, but it's also in the fact that how the profession is evolving 
not only in just like you know being digitalized but also in what are the matters the lawyers are called to deal with because there are so many different matters the lawyers are called to represent their clients in that involve cybersecurity and the protection mm -hmm. of data and also you know ip now yes yeah so so which if i'm hearing what you're saying it's ultimately that the the cybersecurity cyber knowledge and of course we see that there is more and more regulation coming also in this area and i think we will need to talk about it next time uh, but the fact that th this is becoming part of the portfolio of any lawyer who is going to deal with ip or generally data protection yeah i mean even MA, i mean part of my job is that you know for when we do due diligence before yes. assessing a potential acquisition we really do a thorough cybersecurity due diligence. And, okay. And the reason is because, I mean, if you are investing, if you're acquiring a company or even just as a venture capital fund or private equity fund, and, you know, the cybersecurity posture of the company you're investing in is terrible and they suffer a cyber attack or they suffer a data breach because, you know, they haven't protected their data, your return on investment is going to suffer massively because at the end of the day, you know, think about this, right? If you lose your customer's data, your brand is going to be damaged. Your bottom line is going to be damaged. And so I think there's a, at the end of the day, cybersecurity is really central to all sorts of economic activities right now. And lawyers have such a sensible duty vis-a-vis -vis economic activities, you know, because they need to make sure that they represent their client interests, but also overall, they're central to the functioning of the justice system. And therefore, it's, I think for me, it, if I were to go back to law school now, I would really want a program where they teach me cybersecurity because at the end of the day, I want to be educated on this and sure. want to make sure that I can do the profession yeah. accordingly to the times. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Luigi. And I hope that everyone who is listening uh, will do a little, more, a little bit more um, maybe research on how they can educate themselves in regard to cybersecurity for their own activities, but also to, to, to support their clients. Um, again, thank you, Luigi, for, for, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening. Uh, we will continue to bring you different legal tech uh, topics. Um, this is the Copenhagen Legal Tech Lab podcast. Thank you, Drives Foundation, for supporting us. And yeah, my name is Alexandra Anthoff. Have a nice day. This is Copenhagen Legal Tech Lab podcast at the Faculty of Law, University of Copenhagen, brought to you by the Highest Foundation. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and your favorite podcast platform.